Alright Toto, I've done some research and found out that the root chakra is my taint. That means she really wants to fuck me. But the only problem is, Michael McDonald hates our band. So I've devised a three-part plan to break him down. Step one, ask nicely. No. I hate your band. Oh, Mike, hold the line. We're taking Toto in a totally new direction for the 80s. Smooth music that rocks. <laughs> if you don't change with the times, you become an irrelevant joke. Me? An irrelevant joke? Please. Welcome, waitresses working at a cocktail bar. This is Geek Salad episode 68. Put another dime in the jukebox, baby. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And uh, today we are going to uh, review the music of 1982 as part of our uh, retrospecticus. <laughs> 30 years worth of 1982. You just made up that word, didn't you? No, actually, I stole that from The Simpsons. Oh, okay. Boom! <laughs> Like Damn. your show never steals anything from the Simpsons. <laughs> like we never steal anything from anybody. Yeah, of course. Yes, not. all of the sound drops that we've ever done, ever, ever, have all pretty much. I've gotten permission for all of them. Yes, you sure. Have. All right. So um, before we begin, let's get in with Chris's cultural corner. KKK. That's not good. And uh, before we begin, I have a little music I have to play in the underscore. So Chris, this one's for you. Hello to the Geek Salad crew. The subject is right up my alley. When I think of music in 1982, the first thing I, that comes to mind, ironically, is my local roller rink in Hudson, Massachusetts, oh, Roller Kingdom. God. I spent a good deal of my Saturdays in 1982 at this place, and it was a blast. I remember the DJ at RK used to play the, this song at least twice every time I went there. Uh, it's Apache by the Sugar Hill Gang. Holy crap. <laughs> Some other staples that uh, the DJ also hey, played. Squanto. <laughs> Planet Rock by Africa Bombada. And The Message by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Uh, by the way, I have posted these at our uh, website, geeksalad.podbean.com, so you can enjoy them in their full ishness. Wasn't Apache your wedding song? No, it was, it was in the running, though. Um, I guess the uh, Royal Kingdom DJ was a big rap fan. Anyway, I have come up with my list of my top five favorite songs from 1982. Um, one of these we're not actually going to read out because we're going to talk about it later on, but uh, Chris brought up Valley Girl by Frank Zappa and Moon Unit Zappa, which I actually just heard on the radio like about a week ago. I heard it on, yeah, I heard, actually, I heard it on um, Sirius. Yeah, uh, it's part of like their lost hits of the 80s. Yeah. Um, Pac-Man Fever by Buckner and Garcia, which we are playing... Um, kind of in the underscore right now. Uh, Only Time Will Tell by Asia. And Kids in America by Kim Wilde. Wow. I actually think it was released in 1981. Uh, well, yeah, but it was big in 82. Um, yeah. I think that's And, uh, one more thing, Chris Rice. My favorite album of 1982 was hands down Pac-Man Fever by Buckner and Garcia. Amazing, we don't have that on our list anywhere. I'm a video game freak, and back then that was no different, so when I found out there was a whole album with songs about popular video games at the time, I was begging my mother to take me to Mars Bargain Land. Oh, remember that crap hole? 
to give you that album. Besides the title song, here are some of the other songs. Froggy's Lament, which was about Frogger. Do the Donkey Kong. And The Defender. Can I just say, Do the Donkey Kong now sounds like a porn. It does. <laughs> it, you know, it just sounds like the most vile sex act ever. Um, and then Chris concludes with, There are too many songs, uh, great songs in 1982, that if I list all my favorites, this email would take about an hour to read. So I'll end it there. Till next podcast. Chris. Um, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, lots of stuff. Now, it's, it's amazing Buckner and Garcia never came out with another album. Oh, yeah, I know. They were such major talents. Yeah. yeah they're probably, Simon and Garfunk, that's the reason why they broke up. <laughs> they're probably, you know, lamenting their past hits as they're doing their shift at Arby's. Mm. <laughs> hey, that's Wait, way to go. No. Way to go, Mike. <laughs> you've, you've come on board the unemployed at Arby's <laughs> bandwagon. Excellent. Now, you know, I was going through the list of stuff, because we're going to talk about the Billboard Top Hits of 1982, and it just is astounding to me, the mix here. I mean, New Wave was just starting to get its get its groove on, but there's so much pop and just and kind of like the last vestiges of Yacht Rock on here as well, like Mustache Rock kind of well, was in its, its final... Well, if you think about it, though, MTV was a year old, yep. right? It was a year old. Now, before that, the Top 20 was... Littered with not only rock, but you had country. You know, Linda Ronstan always showed up. Yeah, the, uh, Kenny, on the Billboard, t- Kenny Loggins, right. Willie Rogers, um, Dolly yes. Parton. Yeah, they um, always showed up. Second MTV hits, they're all gone, yep. and all of a sudden, new wave comes rolling through the door. Yep, and also it also put an end to the reign of terror that was 1981, where um, Christopher Cross had his reign of terror, as well as. Uh, the scientifically proven to not ever get, allow you to get or maintain an erection, the air supply, when you're listening to their music, you're going to be as flaccid as flaccid. Um, their reign of terror kind of ended this year as well. So, even though they did release an album, but the song didn't come out till 83. Making love out of nothing at all, which is apparently what's going to happen when you're listening <laughs> you to air supply. <laughs> Saw that coming a mile away, huh? So I'm going to run down some of these songs real quick. Um, well, I don't think your hand is considered nothing. Is it? <laughs> You're just going to be needlessly pounding on it. You really are. <laughs> god damn it, it's Air Supply! Oh god, that man's Jufro is so enticing! Oh god. You're jacking off to Air Supply. You've got some major... Major problem. No, you're just trying to spit in the face of science, Michael. That's what you're trying to do. I will get an erection, goddammit! So, um... Alright, let's start with the biggest... Actually, the biggest hit of 1982. How sad is that? Released in 1981, sadly. Physical by Olivia Newton-John. Okay, four weeks at number one in 1982, but six weeks at number one in 1981. I think the only reason this could have gotten number one is, didn't they play this during like every single Jane Fonda workout tape? No, I don't, actually, uh, the Jane Fonda thing came out in 82. 
Exactly. So, but yeah, they, they may have. I'm not, I'm not really sure, but... And this is before MTV could really claim credit for their video, so the uh, homoeroticism that's inherent in this video with all the oily gay boys is just... <laughs> yeah, I noticed none of them are paying Olivia any attention, any attention. whatsoever. <laughs> and this is, I mean... He took me to a fancy restaurant. <laughs> no, he didn't. He took the beefcake next to him. <laughs> I mean... Her transformation to try to be a bad girl in this is about as convincing as her transformation into a bad girl in Greece. Well, <laughs> she did have the Pat Benatar headband on. She did, well. God and and she had the body of a 12-year-old little boy. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. That's like trying, trying to, you know, picture her as being, you know, the bad girl in Xanadu. Yeah, that's true. I mean, well, you know what I find funny about that movie? You know, the, about the video is... She's walking around a guy's locker room, which nobody finds odd oh, yeah, at all. all. There's some fat bastard eating a cheeseburger <laughs> in a towel after apparently he's worked out. Right. And of course she waves her magic lesbian wand and he turns into <laughs> you know, he turns into, you know, Brutus Beefcake. Who wants nothing to do with her. Who wants exactly. nothing. Yep. He is shunning her like But also sexy Olivia Newton John as well as disturbing is just like, you know, someone's sexy mom. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just you feel icky after watching it. And... Yeah. Well, they really had to do it up in Greece. No, oh, that's, oh, that's true. All right, getting, here's the leather pants, Olivia. Get in the bed and jump into them. This is also her biggest hit ever. Wow. Well, ever, she ever. She have a lot of hits. Well, she, in the 80s, she had yeah, magic. Gre- she had this. Oh. She had that stupid song from that stupid John Travolta movie that wasn't Greece. Oh, A Twist of Fate. Yeah. Because <laughs> Heaven Can Wait. <laughs> Apparently. I miss this one. I'm so grateful oh, for that. Too. It lasted about a half an hour in the movie theater. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they, awful. they apologized. They gave, gave everybody their money back and sent them home. The director's cut is essentially the director going, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, let's move on. Um, which, this song spent six weeks at number one. This on the should Billboard have been number Chugs. one. Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Hell yeah. I still maintain, if you don't like this song, you are not an American citizen. It is impossible to not get pumped up by listening to this song. I would agree. Um, the interesting thing about that song, though, is the lead singer, the guy in the horrible beret, and he's, he's very oily in it, decided he was much too large of a star to stick around So, with um, Survivor, you know, to carry on any other yeah. type of hits... So he decided he'd leave. Well, 30 years later and 75 shifts at Arby's <laughs> this week. I yeah. think he's regretting that decision. Oh, I think he does write. He used to... No, what did he write? Oh, real man, a genius. I think he wrote those did, ads. Oh, really? I think it's him. Okay, well that actually is, a, is pretty brilliant because those things were awesome. Some of them, yeah. Here's to you. Inventor of the taco salad, you've come up with the most astounding. <laughs> I ain't seen no lettuce. 
a 10,000 calorie salad. <laughs> um, they don't have those anymore. No. I don't think so. I'm no, the real men of genius. No, they stopped doing those. Um, yeah, but I mean, when, when Mike and I were talking the music of the 80s last year, the biggest thing about this video was just the fat guy kind of like the fat keyboard player where they're all walking down the street like they're going to go beat somebody up. Yeah, it's like the Snippets commercial. Yeah, exactly. They're about to go get, a, get into a fight. And then they, they, they take it to the studio where this guy is like literally sweating gravy. <laughs> like he whips his hair back. Oh God, stop it. Stop making me walk. Let me sit down. Oh God, my no. prescription glasses from 1970 are fogging up. You know, you have a vision of their gang fight making the gang fight thriller look real manly. You know, it makes half the half the, the uh, gangs in the movie The Warriors look actually masculine and threatening. Did that come out in 82? No, that was 78. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. All right, moving on. Seven weeks at number one. I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. That that was the when we went to Wells. Chris calls it RK at Roller yeah, Kingdom. Roller Kingdom and Hudson. Only like the A level roller skaters were allowed to skate at I Love Rock and during I Love Rock and Roll. So I was stuck at the Stratavox video game <laughs> by myself. Yep, as all the cool guys in the gray Bauer skates with the big tongues <laughs> fighting in a arena for that one slice of pizza <laughs> that was eluding them. Uh, Al Green always won. This. This song, I, I enjoy the song, but this is at a point when Joan Jett terrified the shit out of me. Well, this is when she first came on the scene. Yeah, yeah. Everything she ever did was a was a cover. That's it, a cover. pretty much. Yeah, it is a cover. Curtis that Clover. Cr- yep. Um, Do you want to touch me? Is a, a cover of a Gary Glitter song, no no less. Yeah, that was appropriate. Yep. <laughs> she was very much in the style of Pat Benatar, though. You know, very well. Very. You know. She came from a different. Kind of genre. Well, she, 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 she was with the Runaways. She was a punk. Yeah, she yeah. She punk. was with the Runaways. Their song "Cherry Bomb," which actually might be the best thing she ever put out. Even though she didn't sing it. No, she didn't. It was that other girl played by. Um, oh God, Kristen Stewart. Oh, no. yeah. Hey, but but Kristen Stewart played Joan <laughs> Jett. Yeah, that's right. Because Joan Jett apparently throughout her entire career looked bored and uninterested <laughs> in her entire music career. I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> I hate myself for loving you. <laughs> yeah, that. Did you have you seen that movie? By the way, uh, the Runaways. Yes. Oh God. All right. Well, we just need to be more like Bowie. Stop using that as an adjective. Do you even know what you're talking about? Bowie's not punk. Bowie's not punk. No, Bowie was glam, but all the girls wanted to be like David Bowie. Yeah. David Bowie at that point also probably wanted to be like all the girls too. <laughs> all right. Number seven weeks at number one for this this lovely little ditty, Ugh. Ebony and Ivory, Paul McCartney and Paul and Stevie Wonder. Ooh. Ebony and Ivory live together in Perth. 
Piece of shit. Took seven weeks. That was the entire summer of 1980, 1982. Why would you Tough. call it a piece of shit? I just, I just do not like this song. But then again, I feel at okay. this point in his career, uh, Sir Paul had pretty much sullied the good name of the Beatles. Well, I'm just going to start cashing in on it now. Well, I'm just happy he didn't have Linda croaking along in the background. Like <laughs> How do you know? She might have. They, they've never isolated that <laughs> I shouldn't say croaking and Linda down the same <laughs> sentence, but... Well, it's been 15 years, I think, here. It's finally safe. So, um, yeah, I just, every time I think of the song, you know, obviously you think of the the, the SNL yes. skit with Eddie Murphy <laughs> and, and Joe Escobar Escobar. Pie. Let's take a bite. <laughs> side by side, you are my amigo Negro, let's not fight. <laughs> Which apparently Joe Piscopo had to get permission from Frank Sinatra to do that. Yep. I'd rather see. I'd rather would have seen uh, Phil Hartman. Yeah, Phil Hartman didn't give a shit what Frank thought. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> After we stop, we'll eat this chink food. Ah, <laughs> oh, god! And this is back when Paul McCartney, like all of his hit singles, had to be with somebody else. Yeah, because after this he well, did the Michael one with Michael he did, Jackson. Uh, yeah, the girl is mine. Yeah, but that that oh. was a sleeper plot for Michael Jackson to come in and steal the Beatles. <laughs> oh, that's catalog. right. Catalog because it was like within a year he owned it. Yeah, I think it was after Say, 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 or as I like to put it in my 1920s speak, Say, Say, Say. <laughs> well, he did two songs with him, right? He did The Girl's yeah, did, Mind. The Girl's Mind, Say, Say, Say. All right. Yep, because he's a lover, not a fighter. Uh, yeah, that's the, of course, the creepy the part of that video <laughs> is that he dates his sister in it. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeesh. Ugh, all right. <sighs> Six weeks at number one for Centerfold by uh, the Boston band, the Jay Giles Band. Yeah, you, yeah. Won't, you won't hear me say a bad thing. But that's a great album. No, it, it's, no. a, it's a fun song. Yeah. I, I do enjoy that, you know, on the uh, the first, God, that was 10 years ago, I Love the 80s, they actually debunked that Martha Quinn is not yeah. in the video. No, that's not Martha Quinn. No, but she, looks there's like this her. woman well, they, I know, she, the yeah, she's got a bob, looked, she's got yeah. like the pixie cut, yeah, and she's doing them when they're going around the... Yeah. I mean, the second you, you hear that song, it's like, okay, all right, I'm going to do the dishes now. <laughs> My, um... My mother's old boyfriend, Tom Stankwitz, actually did some uh, work with uh, Magic Dick, who was the harmonica player for uh, Jay Giles. That I asked him, I was like, Tom, what was he like? He's like, well, he loves his cocaine. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, well, Peter Wolf didn't look like a coke addict. Not at all. Well, he, he ended up marrying Faye Dunaway back when she was attractive. <clears throat> yeah. Amazing. I actually went to a Celtics game one time, and they, they were there. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Well, I think one of their kids went to BU or something like that, so they were both there. It was like, oh. oh, that's nice. She towered over him. Yeah. Yes. Not, as, she not did during the, as she did during their marriage program. I just remember looking over there going, wow, why is Faye Dunaway with that hobo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait a second. That's the Peter Wolf. Hey. Or what did he call it? The Wobble Gobo or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a 
He was a, when, when he was he, a Bo- he was a Boston DJ. Yeah, he was a DJ for our, our beloved WBCN. He was one of the, I think he was one of the originals, if I'm not mistaken. He wasn't one of the originals, but he was very, very early on. Yeah, well, back in the original back when they were they tra- tr- turned into a rock radio station. Well, I'm trying to. Th- They're credited with the the first East Coast station that that actually broke Led Zeppelin. Okay, so that's like '68. So I guess that would probably be yeah, about right. Makes, makes sense. Uh, anything you gotta say, Mike, about Centerfold? You, uh, you know, what was the other song off that album? Freeze Frame. That's right. And uh, don't forget Balls to the Wall. No, oh yeah. No, Piss on, I'm sorry, Piss, piss on, on the Wall Piss on the Wall with the, with the lyric, you know, the Reds hate the Yanks and the Greeks hate the Turks. <laughs> I really hate to say it, but they're all a bunch of jerks. That's poetry. I actually... Seems be- like everybody's shaking, now the wall's gonna fall. And I ain't gotta hold it steady while I piss on the wall. <laughs> and after Peter Wolf left, then they came out with Concealed Weapons, which is just about boobs. <laughs> I actually prefer freeze frame over centerfold. Hmm, it's it's an interesting argument. They're I, both very very. Oh, there's a bunch of good. Uh, bunch yeah. of good. Uh, was it um, Rage in a Cage? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a good album. And Love Stinks, which isn't on that album. No, Love Stinks is on Love Stinks. Yes, I think. I think yes, it is. Album. That's a good fine, song. Fine song. All right, next up, three weeks at uh, number one, The Human League. Don't you want me? karaoke bars alive to this day <laughs> i gotta admit if i had to you know, compile my my top my some of my top 80 songs this is on that list really oh yes. yeah it's, I, a, it's a fun song it's easy to sing along with especially if you have someone else in the car that knows the lyrics i just want to know i thought bella lugosi was dead at that point because the lead singer looks like bella lugosi <laughs> i was dreaming when i brought this <laughs> um yeah that was Probably the most feminine-looking man I had ever I know, seen to like, that point. I, I did not believe he was upset that that woman was leaving him at right. all. Yeah. But it's a great song. Oh, it's it's, it's a fantastic song. Uh, as, have you guys ever heard uh, a cover of this song? Like anyone professionally cover this song? Uh, no, but it's high but time someone did. So yeah, there we go. Why don't we put in a call to like Demi Lovato's people and see if we can get that done? <laughs> oh, what's her name? She's dating Axl Rose right now. Uh, huh? Oh, crap. I can't remember her name now. She did that horrible stint on SNL. Wait, wait, wait. She's dating Axl Rose? Yeah. So does her name rhyme with syphilis? No. <laughs> it is not <laughs> now. <laughs> Shit, I can't remember the woman's name now. Uh, ah! It's going to drive me nuts. Um, British singer. Kate Moss. Sang the song Video Game. I don't have a All right. clue as to what you're talking about. Mike's looking it up. You're going to correct me one more. Yeah, just, yeah, just put in... Axl Rose's girlfriend. Or just put in a video game song and then see what happens. And then you're probably going to get Pac-Man fever. Another shout out to Chris. I'll just put in Axl Rose. Alright. I'll come up with something. (laughs) Axl Rose fat. Axl Rose fatter. (laughs) Axl Rose douchebag. Oh, there's so many to choose from here. Oh, boy. I mean, it's just... I actually saw him 
right after Thanksgiving, and he just looks nothing like the serpentine rock god that he used to be. Now no. he looks like a fat little troll with a handlebar mustache. <laughs> and cornrows. Don't forget the cornrows. He did not have cornrows. No? He did not. Damn. No, my faith in humanity is shaking. His hair looked like Jim Ignatowski's, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome right. to the jungle, Alex. <laughs> well, we're uh, all ready for Mike to come up with that name. Excuse me. Um, let's move on. Four weeks at number one. Jack and Diane by John Coover. Cougar, sans the melon camp. Think he was Johnny Cougar? At yeah, that no, he was John. No, he was John Cougar at this point. He started anyway. off as Johnny Cougar. They went to John, John Cougar, Cougar then John Mellencamp, then John Cougar. No, no, it was John Cougar Mellencamp, and then dropped the Cougar for the just John Mellencamp. He's okay. now John Mellencamp. That what well, we were like in the fourth grade yep. when that that song came out, and I seem to remember that being the first song that like the whole class was going cuckoo over. Yeah. Like Roller Kingdom, okay, back to Roller Kingdom. Yeah. Roller Kingdom was like the cultural epicenter in, 19, in the early eighties. Oh yeah, because they had video games, they had shitty pizza, they, oh, and they had the chance that maybe we might get to hold a girl's hand. Hey, Didn't you, happen. Can I get a slice of pizza? Hold on, we gotta get the card. We gotta get the sauce on the cardboard. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, now we've got uh, Roll on America. Oh yeah, out Roller here. Kingdom's still there. Is no, it? no, I'm, I'm talking about for us in the in this area. I'm like, like half, America. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I am half tempted to like one day go back to Roller Kingdom and to see what's there. We actually hey, had a Galaga's point. still there. <laughs> hey, look, it's that it's the, the guys in the referee shirts. <laughs> Making you go sit in the jail if you go too fast. Go to the jail. <laughs> um I actually this is one of those songs when I was a kid I didn't really care for all that much, but as time has gone on, I, I really love it. This may be my favorite John Cougar Melon Camp song. Uh. It's overdone. I, oh I yeah. Just, um, I don't hate it. I, I just heard it so many times. I just, it's catchy. Yeah. Oh, it's it's very catchy, especially the. Did you know it's autobiographical? No. It's not Stephanie Seymour, is it? No. Oh God, that was in the eight. That was like no. the late. Oh, 80s. I remember now. I remember now. Yeah. Lana Del Rey. Lana Del. Oh, that weird. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She should do. Don't you want me? And Jack and Diane, for that matter. With Axl Rose. That would be. Oh. God. I was dreaming when I wrote this. I I didn't much care for Jack and Diane. Really? It's, no. It's. Just, it's I, nothing I pref- great about it. I, I mean, prefer his, the next song on his. Go ahead, his Mike. What list. is it? His next song, number eight. Hurt so good. All yeah, right, I, I, that, that that's my favorite John Cougar. And that was number two. <coughs> that was like in the top ten for like I think seven weeks, and it peaked at number two. about it was the video 
it was another performance video in a CD bar. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it really accentuated the bald drummer who just had one snare drum. Oh yeah. Who really was the dynamic force behind that band. Actually, yeah. when you when you go back and listen list just listen to the drum tracks, they're actually really, really good. Considering he has one drum. Yes, yes you're right. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, this is a fun song. Yeah. Um it's you know, it's a party song. You you, pl- you play this when you wanna just get everyone drunk and rabble rousing. No, it's got a good guitar riff in it. Oh yeah. That's that's what makes it. I mean the lyrics aren't anything to write home about. No. <laughs> it's got a good uh it's got a good guitar riff and and it's a very crucial part in the movie Footloose when they go over over town lines and yeah. they go dance at a honky tonk bar. Oh yeah, yep. But it's got a lot more energy in it than it, than Jack and Diane. Jack and Diane's just you know fall asleep listening to that mm-hmm. one. Jack and Diane, you can just see Johnny Cougar writing that with his football jersey. You know? yeah. <laughs> hey, let it rock. Oh, okay. Next song, Mike. You want to take that one? Abracadabra by Steve Miller Band. Two weeks at number one for that one. I think this actually was what knocked uh, Ebony and Ivory off the top of the charts. Before the NAACP called up to complain, <laughs> <laughs> this is—I mean, this song kind of fit the, the the era it came out because it kind of sounds like video game music almost. Yeah, it um, sounds like a video arcade. Yeah, well, but here's the thing: if you're a fan of Steve Miller, yeah, you hate that song. Oh, absolutely. But I actually like the song. Some wasn't it? I like you know I like his hits, but I'm not like oh man, Steve Miller's got some deep tracks. No, it just it sounds to me because to me, Steve, I, I'm not a huge Steve Miller fan yeah. and I, I find that all of his songs sound the same yeah. except for this one right um, when we were right before we bought this house um, Autumn and I were living at our in-law at, at my in-law's house and every mo- we, we needed a CD to play just to wake us up in the morning and I was rummaging through my mother-in-law's CDs she had this like this hits of the 80s bread and um, this was the first song on that CD, and the way that our alarm clock worked, it would just play the first song on the CD. So every morning at six thirty, it's just you're sound asleep, and all of a sudden you just hear this. Oh. I, I can't listen to the song to this day because oh, God, of that. Take a hammer to it. <laughs> but the chorus of that one would not wake you up. The chorus of that would but kind of put you to sleep. It's kind of. It's almost like disco's last gasp. Yeah, yeah kind of a disco yeah, beat. Yeah, I can see a that a little bit, a little bit. Um, all right, Mike, I know you're dying to talk about this next one. Ah, uh, yes. One of my favorite groups of the 80s. What? And yet, yes, I know technically they started in the 70s, but I prefer all their songs from the 80s. Hard to say, I'm sorry, but Chicago. Oh, God.
Yeah. Oh, that From is Chicago just sit in a bathtub and open up your wrists. <laughs> Yeah, and as I stated, uh, Buster Tara, easiest lead singer in the world to actually try to imitate in a mocking way. Do you think he is the most successful lead singer ever to have an underbite? Maybe. I think he is. <laughs> we need to look that up. Mike, look that up. Actually, he I'm looks not like, look that up. Actually, he might be the most successful uh, singer to break out of a successful band who looks like Moose from Archie, you know, Archie and Jughead. <laughs> Can you just... I mean, uh, <laughs> stay out of Riverdale. Hard to say I'm sorry. Duh. I just, you know, you you have a vision of like his his stylist going, "All right, Peter, I've got this great look for you for your video, a turtleneck sweater. You're, you know, you look great. I look great in this. Hard for me to say, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, actually, I the only I remember the first time I heard this song actually was on Solid Gold, and it was number one. I'm like, what the hell is this? Did it have the two like the the really good? Um, the head dancer of Solid Gold doing a slow dance with another guy in some sort of a tuxedo outfit. I, I think so. Cutting right to Madam, which killed the mood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I like this song, though. You, you know what? Out of like their stuff from the 80s, this is probably their best song. I now. would disagree with that. Okay. Well, I'm, just, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Chicago from the 70s. You are the inspiration. I love that song. Is that your prom song? I don't know. I really don't remember. Okay. Well, even if it was, I'm only sure the cool I, kids would have been allowed to dance to it. I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure many a men were walking up, walking up the stairs of a skyscraper to launch themselves off at humming that tune. <laughs> You're the inspiration. That's the uh, last thing that went through their head. Yep. Yeah, before the rest. <laughs> yep. Of course, he probably got confused which fucking album it was. Oh, was it Chicago 10 or Chicago 34? I don't know. I remember, like, rifling through my mom's records, like, hey, Chicago 1, 2, and 3. Holy shit, these are old. Actually, they've just recently released Chicago 30, but they they, <laughs> they titled it wrong. They did Chicago Triple X. <laughs> they go with- along with Motherboy Triple X. <laughs> What do you open up like the album sleeve and this Vin Diesel pointing at you? Yeah. They understand what it's about. <laughs> Sorry, but this is my failed movie franchise. Alright. Number. Alright. I'm, I'm actually amazed this this one charted so low. Uh, this was t- a major one hit one rare. Tainted Love, Soft Cell. Number eight it peaked at. Once I ran to you. One of the most butch lead singers. <laughs> Mark Allman. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, he looked like Edward Scissor's hands before they added water to him. <laughs> no, I, I just remember I hadn't heard the song yet in this, you know, back in eighty two, and Jim is just complaining about one of his cousins that all she did the entire time they were visiting was pull out all her soft sell albums and you mean they made more than one? I was about to say, I, I probably should have rephrased that. <laughs> Laurel, Album. it was my cousin Laurel, and she loved that song, and she was staying at the house, and she just kept on blasting that song. Beep, beep, beep. I did oh, want to toss myself into traffic before the end. It, it does kind of sound like European traffic lights. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds like trashy Euro rock. It is. It yeah. Now, 
here's the thing though is that there's like two versions of the song there's tainted love and then there's tainted love where did our love go which if that's the version that you had and you're trying to make a mixtape for your lady it's impossible to try to cut it properly <laughs> well yeah because it goes right into it yeah it does it's a basic it seems like it's a different it's a completely different song well they're both covers actually that you know that's what is Chicago it? Who tainted it? love is a cover by I, who I gotta, I gotta look that up, but it's... Chicago did a few of those songs where it just one song that just goes right into another. <laughs> it's kind of like November Rain when you think it's over and... Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Okay. Here's here's the one-hit wonder of the uh, the list here. Uh, one is... week at number one, Chariots of Fire theme by Vangelis. The only, uh, all instrumental on this song, on this album. This is back when music from movies, like, like pieces of the score would chart. I mean, it, it pretty much came to an end when, uh, who is it, Harold Faltermeyer did Axel F, and that hit oh, number yeah. one, and then, uh, and then, like, the following year, Jan Wait a minute, Hammer, Jan Hammer had a number one. But that was for Miami Vice, that was a TV show, big yeah. difference. But, yeah, I just... Now, this is a song that you would think would get you kind of pumped to go running or something like that. It doesn't hold a candle eye of the tiger in terms of, I should probably lose a few pounds. I listen to this song, I'm just like... <laughs> the Vangelis' theme uh, score for Blade Runner is, is head over heels better than this. Yeah. And he won an Oscar for this, so... Good for him, but... Oh, this is a boring song. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right, Jim, do you want to take the next one? Well, you know what I'd like to say is um, you don't... In the, in this day of, of new rock and roll, you don't hear a lot of kick-ass saxophone solos. Right. Certainly not played by a woman in spandex and stiletto heels. <laughs> and, and don't that's what the you, fro. That's right, in, in, in a, that, that outstanding fro that all the disco ladies had back then. Uh, it's a Hard My Heart by Quarter Flash, which I really like. I love yeah. that song. It's it, a dumb video. It's just like they're walking through a wood-paneled room oh, yeah. and a wrecking ball comes through. <laughs> and that's basically all. And then, of course, there's a mannequin because you can't have an 80s early video without a freaking mannequin. Yeah. But it's a, it's a cool tune. It is. It, and this is one of those... Every time... Well, every time I, I hear this song, I think of soccer practice and how horrible I was at soccer. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You were. Pretty terrible. Um, it's just... It, it, it's a product of its era that I think really... I, I think well, it's, it stood the test of time. Women, this is when women were starting to become strong. 
lead Strong. singers for rock bands. Right. Not, I'm not talking about jazz or anything like that, but for rock band, there was there, you you had a lot of strong leads. I mean, Pat Benatar obviously is is the cream of the crop back in the early right. '80s. Yeah, yeah. yeah it hurt you, Joan Jett. Yeah, even. Yep. You know, and then you know, then you're getting people like Melissa Manchester. Oh, and, that's uh, not rock. Laura Branigan. Oh, and, yeah. But there was like that dichotomy between like the hi, I'm fronting a rock band and Daryl Hall. Oh wait, no, sorry. <laughs> Even though his he didn't hair is wonderful, <laughs> and his his cheetah skin jacket with shoulder pads <laughs> is outstanding. Mike and I still Cicerone and I have still yet to be Hollow Notes for Halloween. I think that would be brilliant. After, of course, we all go as Prince and the Revolution. Yes, <laughs> which Mike Cicerone would definitely have to be Prince. Oh yeah, yeah he'd have to be. He, well, he's doing one with the height for it. Yeah, yeah. I guess Mike and uh, Gulick and like maybe Tim can be the two dykes. <laughs> Actually, I thought we were going to have uh, our wives do, do Wendy and Lisa. Oh, maybe they could do that. Yeah. Mike, you're the drummer. <laughs> All right. All right. Can you drill your mustache down just a little bit more to make it pencil thin? Yes, I can. Because the entire rhythm section, pencil thin mustaches. <laughs> no, not the lead guitarist with the... Uh, oh, yeah, he had the, uh, the, uh, the kamikaze. The yeah. yeah. Yeah, the kamikaze well, headband. To be honest, I have a feeling if I didn't made my uh, mustache pencil thin, I'd probably look more like John Waters. Yeah. Yeah, you don't oh, want actually, that. Yeah, no, no. I don't. All you right. don't want that at all. <laughs> well, that was a good idea at the time. All right, uh, Mike, do you want to go Yes, to... I do. Okay. Rosanna by Toto. I was amazed this is not a number one song. This peaked at number two. It won a shitload of Grammys that year. You want to know something about that song? I actually think it kind of holds up. Yeah. It does. Again, this is one of those songs I didn't really care for when I I heard it growing up. Very slickly produced. Mm. Yeah. Very well produced. And I mean, the lead singer, the guy doesn't look anything like a rock star. He looks Mm. like like Wario from the (laughs) the Mario (laughs) video games. But, I mean, the guy had a set of pipes on him. Well, the thing with with Toto that's interesting, these guys were session musicians that just decided to form their own band. Well, the guitarist, Steve Luthaker, is... is, Did he die? No, um... Jeff Pecoro, who was the drummer, died. Yes. After so, doing an eight ball and then trying to finish his, uh, what? his kitchen floors. Wait a minute. And are you telling me an early 80s band did blow? <laughs> I will not I know, have that talk. I know your faith in humanity is shaken. Jeez. Oh, um, now, here's the thing, though, with, with Rosanna. As yeah. good of a song as it is and is held up being, I'm sorry. Africa's a better song. Hell yeah. I would wholeheartedly agree. And I also have a problem with it being about 
Rosanna Arquette, who's this bucktooth little blonde mix, <laughs> apparently. Hey, if you can make a song and have it chart just to just to have hey, just a bang Rosanna Arquette, there then you go. You got something going for you. <laughs> she wants me to write a song, so our shockers aligned. I did some checking out. The shockers are around around down here, which means it's around my taint, which means she really wants to fuck me. <laughs> That was from Yacht Rock. I'll be talking about that later on. Yeah. But and actually, there's, there's a, another song on this album that I really like. What's that? Um, uh, I Can't Hold It Back. Yeah, okay. You made the mistake because you were like, and Hold the Line. I'm like, no, that's from like I, I 79. Said, hold the, I said Hold the Line is... That's from Toto 2, I think. Those late 70s bands and early 80s bands. Hey, what are we going to call a name? What are we going to call our album? I know, Nugent! <laughs> <laughs> and what about the second album? Nugent 2! With, but not the number two, the word two, T-O-O, with an exclamation point. <laughs> That's great. Give me some more blow. <laughs> It'll be a pot. cocaine with the show. I couldn't kill a deer today, so get me a possum. <laughs> to eat. Oh, and snort. Because I couldn't get no blow either. <laughs> oh, boy. Jim, why don't you take the next one? Oh. Okay, I love this song. I... I one of my absolute favorite bands in the 80s. I love Hall & Oates. Oh, yeah. And this has got... It's the best bass line. It's like a top three bass line of all time in any genre. It's I can't go for that. No can no, do. No can do. The video is dumb. It's all they just like in a they just locked them in a black room with like one strobe light on yeah. them, and it's a lot of Daryl Hall looking over his left shoulder at the camera, and of course John Hall uh, just, doing no John Oates doing well nothing. <laughs> he wasn't even the lead guitarist of the band. That was G. E. Smith. G. E. Smith was the lead guitarist, and the dorky bassist was was pimp. He yeah. was awesome. I don't know. What, I don't know what Daryl John Oates did. <laughs> Except had a mustache. That's the thing with Hall and Oates, though. They, they do not look like they sound. No, I think Daryl Hall sounds exactly sounds exactly like he looks. Smooth, uh, wavy. He's he's, he, they, he, he's like a soul line. They, they're one of those bands, and I'm, I'm quoting from, I'm sure, a VH1 special at some point. You don't realize how many hits they had. Yeah. Exactly. Until you put in their Greatest Hits CD, which we own. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. And keep in mind, too, these guys go back to the 70s. I mean, they're kind of, like, deemed an 80s band. But stuff like Sarah Smiles, Rich Girl, that's all 70s. Yeah, it's all about the same girl named Sarah. Right. Boy. <laughs> Hope she got a cut of them. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a great song. Well, they use the vibes in this song, too. Makes it sound it's a funky. cool tune. Yeah. It is. It, I mean, you would think Earth, Wind, and Fire or Peaches and Herb wrote it. <laughs> I love Peaches and Herb. <laughs> yeah, but these are one of those bands, though, that you almost have to like say under your breath that you like. Yeah. No, you don't. I don't think anymore, but 
you know, growing up when, you know, well, well Billy Squire, you know, oh, hey, don't you like Billy Squire? Like, oh, I will no. kick your ass if you don't like Billy Squire, but he has a pink tur- my turtle. <laughs> I actually, I had a boss, Dominic, who oh. <laughs> bragged to Andy and I that he's like, ah, guys, I slept out once to get tickets. It's like, who was it for? Fog hat? Was it for Blue Oyster Cult? Nah, man, it was in Hall and Oates, and we had a good chuckle. No. <laughs> You're a tool. Now I kind of understand. Yeah. No, they're an outstanding band. I would I would go see oh, them yeah. in a minute. Yeah, if they came around. Are they still? Oh, they, 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 oh, they, they, they yeah. tour every once. What the hell's John Oates gonna do? Yeah. Actually, I heard an interview with John Oates about three years ago. Yeah, he won't grow the mustache back. Well, yeah, he's like, I've had dude, like, it's all you had. <laughs> I haven't had the mustache for as long. You know, I had the mustache for maybe ten years. Then I shaved it. I, I've been without the mustache for, for like twenty years. Yeah, grow it back. Actually, yeah. someone put together like a series of web shorts about. John Hall, uh, John Oates' mustache trying to re, you know reunite with them. <laughs> he wouldn't go for that. No can do. All right, next song on the list. Jimmy, want to take this one? Uh, yeah. I have a friend one time who was at. He'll remain uh, nameless. He was trying to pick a lady up at the bar, so he went over to her and he asked for her number very smoothly. Yeah. He came back. He's like, you see. This is the, when you look like it's something like you know look you know I, I got her number or something like that and he puts it down in my hand and I look at it and I go wow nine seven eight eight six seven five three zero nine I'm like why don't you read that again <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, Tommy Two Tone eight six seven five three zero nine parent you know uh, Jenny parentheses backslash Jenny. Backslash Jenny. I think it is his nondescript. The only thing he just he incorporated singing the numbers. Right. Well, it, it, it has a nice flow to it. Yeah. I think that the guitar riff alone Dang makes this song. It's it's. Did you easy, know but he's it's... still? Well, he's like a um, an accountant, but yeah. every once in a while he shows up at the county fair. <laughs> every once in a while, when the when the people of San Francisco, the city by the bay, are thirsty for some true rock and roll, Tommy Two Tone answers the call. Of course, this is off his album Two Tone Two. I don't know what Tommy t- Tommy Two Tone, the, the Tommy his, his his debut album had. Boy, that must be right up there with Let It Be. <laughs> I love this song though. Yeah. I really, really love this song. It, you know, it's, impo- it's impossible not to sing along with it no. when you're in the car by yourself. No, I'll, the night. I'll sing along with someone else. I don't care. I like wearing a headband. Oh. Well, yeah, and then they had the. Uh, in the video, his his like his lead guitarist looked like he was forty, <laughs> receding hairline, but he's wearing a suit jacket. Of course, no, no, you look like I, I know exactly what you took because he's saying the um, yeah, I got it. Yeah, he he did a lot of the backup work. 
and yeah, he stole Jenny from him because Tommy Two Tone was in the bushes watching <laughs> Jenny get undressed. <laughs> And then he looked so surprised and the police showed up. What's this all about, guys? She gave him a number. Yeah, there you go. All right, next up. It, this peaked at number eight, Key Largo by Bertie Higgins. It sucked. Well, why even talk about that? We had it all. Just like Gentlemen, get your Bertie Higgins jokes ready. There aren't any. The I was he's am- nothing. Amazed this song came out as late as it did. I honestly thought this was like this came out the same week as the Pina Colada Escape song by <laughs> by Rupert Holmes. My favorite video of all time. It's a great video. It's so he's stupid. Ca- anybody who has the balls to wear a captain's hat yep. in their video, and a okay with and me. And you don't sing with Tennille. Then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, this, oh god, this song is. Beyond- it sounds like it should be in '79. Yeah, and he should just, be wearing a moccasin jacket. But you know what? This is like the very this is like the dying vestiges of yacht rock, though. I think the video actually takes place with him, with like, him riding on his boat. And uh, no, we got a bathroom break. Yeah, sorry, I'll be right back. No, that's fine. That's fine. I'm sure I could I could take up enough time talking about the, the magic that is Bertie Higgins, especially you, the fact that he can't even get his Bogart movies straight. You take this. I have no idea who Bertie Higgins is. Oh God! Oh, you're, you're, you've never heard this song. Before? I have never heard this. Oh, song. Oh my God! Thank you. Thank God for crafty editing here. Um, he, we had it all, just like Bogey and Bacall. Here's looking at you, kid. That's African Queen. No, that's Casablanca. No, no, no African Queen was Bertie and Bacall. No, that was Hepburn. That's right. Yes. That's right. No, no. Um. Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall were in the movie Key Largo with Edward G. Robinson. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, no, no. But then he throws in the here's looking at you, kid, because he's, you know, he has all the knowledge of a third grader in terms of Humphrey Bogart lines. And I guess a few years ago, he got arrested for DUI, and his, his the, the brilliant way he tried to get out of the ticket was, I wrote Key Largo. <laughs> All right, that's great. Get in the car. <laughs> and the cops are like, okay, what's Key Largo? <laughs> then he probably starts singing it. Oh, yeah, didn't I see you at the fish and fry last <laughs> week? <laughs> Weren't you playing at open mic night? You suck. <laughs> Shave that beard for fuck's sake. My God. Uh. All right, next up on this list. Now, here, here's a pop classic. You should hear how she talks about you, Melissa Manchester. Peaked at number five.
I always confuse Melissa Manchester and um, oh god, what's your name? Laura Branigan? So I don't remember yeah. which one is the dead one. Melissa Manchester is alive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We lost a talent eight win with Laura Branigan. It's a good yeah. video though. Have you seen the video for this? She walks out on stage, an empty stage, in a frumpy cocktail dress. That's wow. it. Yeah, That's wow. about it. That's what you got. Hey, you know what? Back in the 80s, you could do a promotional video for like $10 and a ham sandwich. <laughs> and get me. half the sandwich back afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just look at uh, Michael Jackson's video for I Want to Rock With You. Oh, God. Yeah, he's just dancing in front of the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with, with, like, it's a, a strobe light. Spi- uh, spirograph going around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, I think they had the video delay going, so he'd move, but the video behind him would yeah. slow down. I mean, this is one of those songs that... I hadn't heard. I don't honestly think I've heard the song in thirty years. You know what this is? This is an AM radio classic. Oh, very easy. The to, dying vestiges of AM radio. Know, I remember Dave Maynard on Radio Ten Thirty. <laughs> hey, Melissa Manchester, guys, don't yeah. go away. You don't want to miss this. <laughs> and everyone's flipping over to FM. God, I can't stand you anymore. <laughs> but then when they switch to FM. They got this song, Waiting for a Girl Like You, Foreigner, uh. peaked at number two. Maybe I'm wrong, won't you tell me if I'm coming on too strong? This heart of mine has been hurt before, this time I want to be sure. I've been waiting for a girl like you. Could very well be the. I, I think maybe the, one of the worst songs in Foreigner's hit catalog. I don't think Foreigner has a bad song. I like this song. Yeah, yeah I, I like. I Foreigner. don't like this. Song. I, mean, I like Foreigner, but there's certain th- there are certain songs I like. There's certain songs I dislike. This is on the dislike list. Well, they're still around. Uh, it's just the guitarist. Oh, of course. In, 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 oh, in the bass is from Dawkins. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Um, so, you know, that automatically... He traded it up. Yeah. And Steve Perry is working at Arby's. You know, Steve Perry is making a career off of not being in Journey, so... That's <laughs> uh, right. I, I always get Foreigner and Journey mixed up. Back back in this time, it was probably easy to do. They were it's quintessential late 70s, stadium, early 80s they were stadium, stadium rock, rock bands. bands. It's, it's kind of like getting uh, Backstreet Boys and Instinct mixed up now. If you, if you say a lot of cheetah skin t-shirts, yeah, uh, lot lots of a lot of New York Jets football jerseys. <laughs> this, actually, around this time was when the uh, when one of my least favorite concert apparel uh, trends went away. Remember back when lead singers used to get up on stage and they actually wear field gear for baseball, their favorite baseball team. Yes, like Dennis DeYoung yeah. used to. He used to come out in like a full Cubs outfit, oh God, Dennis hat De- and everything. Dennis DeYoung looked like a taxidermist. <laughs> You look like a rock star. <laughs> All right. Um, I got a yes. song about a robot. I'll, I'll, I'll take number 20. Go ahead. Don't Talk to Strangers by Rick Springfield. This one peaked at number two.
this I is the. Fo- I think this is the follow up to Jesse's girl, which is that was working his... class hero? Is that, uh, is I, that no 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 this one was uh... working class dog? You mean? Oh yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, I'm looking this one up. Yeah, I don't never... yeah. Oh god, so I can't remember the name of the. It's the one where he was because working class dog actually had like a dog on the thing. Then there was another one where he was. Like going into a limo as if he's hard the to driver. hold or something like that. No, no, no. I know we should call Bill. Yeah, I'm sure. Our Bill actually Bill likes. Will know. Bill actually likes Bob to a drop. <laughs> That's amazing. He's Jim. the one. Yeah. You bought that. I want to thank Man, you personally. Actually, Rebecca and I have some friends, and um, they went on a Rick Springfield cruise. Oh God! This year, not in 1983. <laughs> this year. It's, it was a magical voyage from like Florida to the Caribbean where Rick Springfield would play a concert, show up an event, and then clean up afterwards. <laughs> Come with us. Because he was a stowaway. <laughs> Come with us to irrelevance on the sea. Actually, he released an album maybe like five years ago that was actually pretty good. Yeah. You, no, you, don't, also, you don't believe that for a second. <laughs> I, I have this. Oh, I, come I on. I the album. It's quite good. Venus in Overdrive. Oh. All right, what's the name of the album, Mike? I don't know. I'm still waiting. Oh, you still waiting for Wiki? Damn it, Wiki. It's very slow. I just lost my data connection. What? Yeah, that sucks. No, yeah, I got it back. All right, you got it back. Okay. Fucking Verizon. Yeah. Get it? Verizon. It's, it's still spinning. Um, Yeah, no, I heard an interview with him, like, not too long ago. He had a book that came out. Who? Rick Springfield. Yeah. Came out with a biography. This is... You know, conveniently right before all the DUIs and domestic battery charges that came. Why would Rick Springfield think his story is any different than any other, you know, cocaine junkie '80s rock star? <laughs> hey, I was on, I was on General Hospital. Everybody was on General Hospital. <laughs> I was on General Hospital for three weeks for God's sakes. Success hasn't spoiled me yet. Okay. Wow. Apparently, though, it did. <laughs> I'm playing on a boat. <laughs> Try not to eat too much of the crab fish, the crawfish. <laughs> Tip your waiters, everybody. Yaz is opening up for us. <laughs> Amazing they're not on this list. Yeah. All right, next up on the list, another Hall & Oates song. Spent two weeks at Ooh. number one. Maneater. All right, guys. Now look, nobody fed the panther, <laughs> so stay away. It had a panther in it. Yeah, I remember that. You, you had like a hot woman walking, and she'd morph into a panther because you know panthers eat men. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it was a good tune because Hollow Notes. Hollow Notes, right? Can do anything. Yeah. However, this may very well be their most homoerotic album cover ever. They're both stare, you know, forehead to forehead, you know, or, or greasy. You know, greasy fro <laughs> yes. to John 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 uh, Daryl Hall's. It looked like they just spent a half an hour in Don Corleone's sweat <laughs> sweat box, staring each other lovingly in the eyes. What are you two sissy boys doing? 
Uh, Honestly, the only thing more homoerotic that came out that year is when Rocky and uh, Apollo Creed finished the race, and Rocky won on the beach. <laughs> how many t- how many takes do you had the director have to make so Apollo Creed was a Carl Weathers could stuff his junk back in his pants <laughs> because those freaking shorts they there's a half almost a thong. Um, good song. I again, if I oh, I, I don't they, want to be talked ju- about. I can't go for that's a better song. They but. are a quintessential '80s rock band. If you go to anybody on the street and say, name me five bands from the 80s, rock bands from the 80s. Hall and Oates Hall and Oates, it's, you know, you know it, it's it's a family feud question. God mm. bless Richard Dawson. Yes. But. Well, now really maybe is. Cole Hagen will give the people the air. Ah, shit. Wrong Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll I'll finally be back. see his enemies. He still had the best, one of the best, the best line in The Running Man. <laughs> I'll be back. Only in reruns. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest Schwarzenegger movie ever. All right, moving on, Mike. I know you want to take this one. Which one? It begins with an M. Mickey by Tony Basil. Wow! And the litany of hits that Tony Basil had <laughs> after this. Was the, this was the acorn that grew the mighty oak. Oh, wait. <laughs> you know she has another video. It's like, I don't know, alphabet soup from A to Z or something like that. I actually have a Spanish version of this song. I, I do, too. Uh, Look, Tony, you have no talent. Wasn't she like 40 when she was doing this she, song? She was a choreographer. And like someone's like, hey, do you want to make she a still song? still is. Yeah, she still is, yeah. I just remember that VH1, uh, I love the 80s, where Hal Sparks is talking about, you know what, I met her while we were doing these, she's a great lady, but when this song came out, it was in heavy rotation, it was all I could take to not, like, putting some pantyhose over my head and going up to a clock tower with a shotgun. (laughs) I'm going to use that. Yeah, you better be. Everybody I've heard talk about the video. They always talk about like the super meaty cheerleaders that they had to build <laughs> oh, the base. Oh God! I, but no, the, the thing is though, you need them. You need them to build your base. We need a hot woman. Who's available? I know Chicago Bears linebacker Mike Singletary. <laughs> Stuff him in a cheerleader outfit. Yeah. Oh boy. You know what though? This song is nowhere near as vile and annoying as Hollaback Girl though. No, no, in terms no. of cheerleader themes. No, no. This song is it's a um, it's a novelty song. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's it's a chanting novelty song. It's not much. It's not a terrible song. <laughs> no, it's got just... a cool beat. It's okay. I don't hate it. It's not... all right. But I I mean it. I am. I agree with Hal Sparks and that <laughs> when it first came out. It oh, was, you couldn't it was, escape you, it. You, you you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't sit in the hopper without it coming on Muzak. Yeah. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> all right. Um. Next up, two weeks at number one for Mr. Lionel Richie and Truly.
Yeah, this is around the time when Lionel's balls were removed. And... <laughs> well, look, I mean, Lionel knew that his bread and butter lay in, you know, love ballads. Contemporary, contemporary and i got to be honest oh. with you. In the 80s, who sang better ballads than Lionel? That's true. You have a no. point, Jim. Other than Kevin Dubrow from Quiet Riot. <laughs> My hairline is receding. <laughs> no, but, no, I, 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 you know what? I don't really remember the song. That's another thing. I when I was compiling compiling this list, I'm like, I'm sure truly, I know it if you hear. It, I mean, the second I I saw it, I'm like, truly, okay, I think I know it. Yeah. And then when I went to go find the clip for it, I'm like, yep, here it is. Well, I'm just gonna turn my junk into a vagina now. He was still wearing his Commodore's outfits though at that time. Though. He was. Yeah. He was. It wasn't until uh, the the next album when he he, he took to the streets. Now, do you think he was? <laughs> <laughs> Lionel's got a fresh new street attitude. <laughs> what the fuck are they doing up on the ceilings? Um, I love that song. Do you think, though, uh, do you think he ever wore a pharaoh outfit like they did in Earth, Wind, and Fire? <laughs> all those videos? Uh, I don't know, but I think he could rock it. He could, of course he could. Yeah. Oh, back, back then, I mean, Lionel Richie, back, in the, back when he was in the Commodores, had the most magnificent afro yeah. ever. Because it was still the same shape as the afro that he was rocking uh, in the Barry 80s. White might have something to say about Barry that. Barry White didn't really have an afro, though. He just had, like, the Reverend Pimp Daddy hair. <laughs> and he was pimp all the way. Oh, boy, he was. Lionel Richie has a tremendous voice. He's a yes. tremendous songwriter. Yeah. He, um... I like the Commodores. I like his, I like his solo yeah, stuff. Yeah. I do. Hello is a great song. Hel- <laughs> I think it's one of my wife's favorite songs. Really? It's, it she does. I mean, the, I mean, the video's a little weird. Oh yeah, I'm stalking yeah. the blind girl. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, Lionel. And then the blind yeah, girl yeah. makes her like make his chin like five <laughs> feet long. <laughs> you know, it'd be funny. But they really should have. If they had any balls, be like, "Oh, look, it's you," and he'd be like, "Oh, great! Oh, wow, that really." And it looks like Sigmund from Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It looks Actually, like it looks like Doctor What's his. Uh, I don't. It's hard. Actually, on one of the Isle of the Eighties, he was talking about that video. He was like talking to the director, like, "That looks nothing like me," and the director's like. She's blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Hey, here's a video of Lionel Richie's angst, you know, hanging around a blind minor. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, Lionel. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You know that what? The sad thing is, though, those sins are nowhere near his unleashing of Nicole Richie on an unsuspecting yeah. public. Oh, she's quiet now. You don't hear from her. I think that blind girl brick house about. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's what she walked into when she lost her sights. <laughs> oh, oh, that'd be a brick wall. All right. Anyway, um, next up on the pussy brick, uh, train here. Yeah. Up where we belong. Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warren's three know. weeks at number one and won the Oscar for best uh, for best song that year. Is long. There are mountains. In our way, but we climb still every day. The lift is up where we belong, where the eagles cry on the mountain high. The lift is up where we.
take one of the most pussy songs ever and put it in one of the most manly videos ever. Oh, come on. Up where you belong? Is that manly video? Does it look no, gladiator? No, 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 no. no. The, the movie. An officer and a gentleman? Have you seen that movie? No, no. But come on, that the uh, all right, no. I got nowhere else to go. Louis <laughs> Gossett Jr. is yes. pretty pimp in that and movie. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, and that spurned off Iron Eagle. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing second base to Jason Gidrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we you know when we did our, our movies of the '80s, I, I opened the show with this as a goof. Yeah, it is kind of a goof. Yeah, what is the song? Well, what was it? It is for the officer and the gentleman. Yeah, yeah. It plays it at the end where she's where he's walking off with her in his arms. Yeah, I don't know. Essentially, it's end credit music. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure Richard Gere immediately put her right down and ran to the <laughs> pet store to buy another <laughs> supply of hamsters. After that, all right. The duct tapes up where it belongs. <laughs> Jimmy, you want to take the last one on the list? Sure. Oh. yeah, yeah. Who can it be now by the minute work? I like it here with my childhood friend. Here they come. Those feelings again. Who can it be now? 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 Is it the man come to take me away? Why do they follow me? What a cool ass band! Two phenomenal albums. Oh yeah, absolutely. Actually, he can still really sing. Mm, The thing about him was the reason why they never became a real rock star is because. Colin Hayes' left eye was like all over <laughs> yeah. creation. You had no idea who he was looking at, but God, they could write a song. Yeah, yeah, they, they were so cool. If you get, um, oh, one of them just died. Of, yeah, one of them just died. Greg Ham, who did the saxophone in this, he did the flute and down. Yeah, under. he was like the yeah. He did he did all the percussion and everything. And yeah, some of the brass. And he was key, really good. Keyboards. Yeah, he's very good, very talented. Um, but yeah, this is one of these bands that I think is just, is a little on the underrated side. I mean, they they won Grammys galore and they. You know, had a couple of number one hits, but no, it's just because New Wave. It's a they're a, they're a true New Wave band, right? And New Wave died. And yeah, they just they just yeah. couldn't stay relevant. But I mean, Overkill. I mean, I know it's not the same song, but Overkill is one of my absolute favorite songs in the eighties. Oh yeah, Overkill's a fantastic. But there's a lot of good stuff on this, uh, business as usual. Oh well, yeah, the whole the whole album's good. Yeah, but this song's. I think this is the song that kind of broke them in the U.S. Anyway, it did. The things I always remember. This kind of has the same refrain as Sledgehammer. No, a little bit. Kind of in the same register. Yeah, but um, great, great song, great band. Yeah, I really. You got to get Contraband, which is their best of. Like they're kind of essential best of. Very good, very good stuff. Didn't have a bad song. No, no, every time they put a song out, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. even like Doctor Jekyll and uh, Heckle and Mister Jive, which is kind of a stupid song, was actually kind of no, fun. No, it was, was kind of fun. They were they they are true. They were a, a fun new wave band that, thankfully, unlike most of them, didn't take themselves particularly seriously. No, exactly. No. I mean, it's like, hey, we're rock stars. Let's get in some potato sacks and jump through the Australian desert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, to the point now, too, where Colin Hay is still playing these songs solo. Yeah, you can yeah. go to, you know, he comes around every once in a while. Yeah. And he and just, he, apparently, I mean, he's a brilliant musician. I guess he just gets up there with an acoustic guitar. Yeah, and he, he does overkill. Be, he, he does down under. He kills, apparently. He's supposed to be really good. Yeah. So, let's move on to some of the albums that were released then. So, some albums of note here. Um, I've got, I think, the biggie for the New Wave era, Rio. By Duran yeah. Duran. Yeah, they're, they're the biggest band of the early 80s. This, yeah, definitely. I, I went back and listened to this entire album. and It holds up. It holds up really well. There are kind of two stupid songs on there. But um, Lonely in Your Nightmare is a terrible song. And uh, Last Chance on the Stairway is kind of stupid. But I didn't realize just how much went into this album. I watched... You guys ever watched uh, Great Great Albums? Yeah, yeah. They on VH1. Um, actually, I saw it on Netflix because I got a bunch of these on Netflix streaming. Oh, okay, but it's the VH1 series. You're talking uh, VH1 so. classics. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just I, for a band that kind of didn't know how to play instruments five years before. They're they they actually really went balls out. They on this were one. the best packaged band of the early '80s. They were marketed brilliantly. Yeah, they 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 targeted them at a very specific audience, yeah. and it 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 worked. I mean, they, they they were so over. The only band I can think who was more over being targeted at us, you know, young girls, was the Beatles. And I know I know that might sound like blasphemy, right? But they really were. Their management said, "Okay, you're all good looking guys. You're kind of sissy boys. Yeah. So the dudes aren't probably aren't going to like you. Um, let's." Target this specific audience, and man, did they go over! But I mean, it's a great, it's it's a great album. Musically, they're very, very good. And then when they went on to the next album, Simon Le Bon is a great singer. He yeah. is a great because I saw them a, not quite a year. It was it was last summer, I think. No, it was it was in, it was in the fall, and he sounded awesome. I mean, he sounded better now than I did before. I mean, I guess he's taking care of himself, but he was a tremendous singer. Yeah, and they could write a hook like no one else. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. except for maybe Dawkins. <laughs> A fantastic album and Hunger Like the Wolf, one of the greatest oh, songs yeah. of the decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good. One of the best guitar riffs. Yeah, considering that you know they, I mean, they were smart too because you know they did have a little bit of an edge. Every once in a while, they'd throw some guitar in there. Yeah. Next on my list here is uh, Signals by Rush, primarily because it's got my favorite Rush song of all time, Subdivisions. Subdivisions.
Neil Perk can write. Yes. I mean, people don't know that he's the lyricist of that band. Yeah, he is a talent. But you can tell there's just he's just his. I don't think he liked his teenage years very much because clearly, <laughs> you know that song talks of oh, it just teenage talks about angst the, the and, desolation of the suburbs, and you know if you're if you kind of stand out, if you're not part of the pack, then you're gonna get left behind. I didn't miserable. much. I didn't much care for Rush to be really? honest. I. Lately, I've been on this huge rush kick, and I went back. I actually watched the great albums for uh, Moving Pictures, which was the album before this. Well, that's one. their album. Yeah, and that's their biggest album by far. It's, I mean, these guys. I mean, lo- like their songs or no, but they you cannot dispute how talented they are as musicians. Well, nobody, no, no, they nobody are. Does. They are. I just, right. I Nobody's going to dispute that. They are a niche band, though. They appeal, much like Duran Duran, to a very specific audience. Right. And if, you, if you've if you listened to anything from their new album, it definitely sounds like they've given up trying to get beyond that. Well, you know, somebody I, I forget who it was, but somebody called them Chick Repellent. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, every, every time they come on and Rebecca and I are watching it, it's like, oh, are, any, are there any women? No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> oh, there's one. There's Oh, nope, they got her. <laughs> they got her. Never I, mind. I just remember working at Suncoast and uh, my buddy ate cod. Who, huge Rush fan. He's like, I love Rush. And I looked at him like, you were in the drum corps in high school, weren't you? He was like, how'd you know? <laughs> of course you were. I, I find that, I, I like a lot of their songs, but I find if they have a bad song, it's tedious. Yeah. And, and usually anything beyond the six minute mark can get tedious. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah, I like Tom Sawyer. I, I like Subdivisions, but that album in particular, I'm trying to think of what else is on that. Analog Kid is on it. Uh. It's okay. So. Yeah, Subdivision's a great song. I wouldn't consider it a great album. All right. And then um, I have... Uh, this one made more of an impact the following year, but Prince's 1999. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. This broke Prince. Yeah. It really did. I think it broke him in big time. He'd been around for a while. <laughs> Little Red Corvette is an awesome song. Yeah, The title track. Yeah. As much as we hated it uh, 13 years ago... I didn't hate it. It's 1999, everybody. Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> no, but he... <laughs> Kind of brought back that earth, wind, and fire funk. Oh, yeah. That had been kind of pushed to the side when New Wave showed up. Yeah. And then he just begat a whole bunch of bands that were just like the Revolution, except less so. Ugh. I remember reading somewhere that said Prince looked like a dwarf dipped in pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was hysterical. Oh, boy. And uh, finally, on my list of great albums from the year, uh, R.E.M.'s first album, Chronic Town, which is an EP. Oh, get out, really, Andy. I love this album. It's uh, just, I know. It's short, it's sweet. It's not Murmur, which came the next year, but yeah, great album. I really dislike R.E.M. I don't dislike them. I find them to be horribly overrated. First off, the the, the first lyric I understand from Michael Stipe, it will be the, it'll be the first time I understand anything he ever talks about. <laughs> yeah, okay. I just don't know what he's talking about. Oh, I'm sorry, what the fre- what's the frequency, Kenneth? Yeah. He finally decided he would... He would Speak clearly for once. They're okay. I think the only lyric from them I understand is Leonard Bernstein. They just... <laughs> I think they're a bit overrated. In terms of their contribution, I don't know what... I'm not really sure what it was. I mean, I guess some... You know, they're some an indie the, rock band that started in the 80s and managed to last 25 years. No, I... Yeah, they had a long... They had a, they had a very loyal crowd. Like you. Uh, like myself, yes. They had a very loyal crowd, a very loyal following. They were good musicians. They just... They're one of those bands that was like, wow, they're so great. And I'd listen to them going, yeah, well, you know, they're okay. But they never did a heck of a lot for me. I don't know this album, so I really can't comment it's, on it. Yeah, I mean, it's an EP. Yeah, okay. All right, Mike, what do you got? I got 
Good Trouble by REO Speedwagon. Okay, Primary. what's the big song on that one? Keep the fire burning. All right. Otherwise known as the Jackie Mason to uh, <laughs> High Infidelities, uh, the Beatles. They were on VH1. They were doing some stupid, like, hey, the Buffalo. It was the Sturgis concert where all the Hollywood oh, yeah. go out to North you. Dakota. And, and it was, you know, all these hard-ass, you know, Quiet Riot was there and Twisted Sister were there. And then Ario Speedwagon <laughs> comes out. And that... And Kevin Cronin comes out and he's dressed in leather and spikes and he's like, "Oh, hey guys, look at me! I'm a hard ass." It's like, "Oh, just get it behind the piano! Come on, who thought of this? Who canceled at the last minute? Sorry, Motorhead couldn't be here. Uh, what do you want?" All right, we've also got uh, Billy Idol's self-titled album. Okay, which had "White Wedding" on it. Great yeah, video song. album. Yeah, this the MTV broke that album. Oh yeah. yeah. That's the first video I ever saw on MTV. Really? No, I'm, no, I'm sorry. It was the second. I, I saw Look of Love by ABC. But uh, they also had um, Hot in the City. Yeah, it's that's not a good enough song to cover. And Billy Idol's covers were pretty awful. Yeah. They really were. Got to be a lover. <laughs> yeah. I like. What are you talking about? I like the fact that he, you know, he's like, oh, he's this real hard ass guy, but he had a real soft side to him. Yeah. He was. I think Billy Idol's really talented. Oh, I, 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 I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you but at all. To be a lover. <laughs> Have mercy. Uh, Back to the Bone by George Thorogood and the, and the Destroyers. Yep, God. you need a movie trailer scored. <laughs> hey, how can we emphasize Bo Diddley without doing a Bo Diddley song? I know, let's have him play pool with George Thorogood. <laughs> Let me see. Um, uh, Taking Back the Night by Steve Winwood with the song Valerie. Oh my oh. God, what is wrong with you? I love Steve Winwood. Oh God! Uh, give me oh, more. Give God. me more. Oh, God, they should put his face on NyQuil. He is so fucking boring. <laughs> Valerie, stay awake. It's me, Steve. Did you know he was almost the lead singer of Led Zeppelin? Wow. I, I would have thrown myself off of a fucking building. They, they did. They're like, hey, there's this hip new singer. His name's Stevie Winwood. He's real exciting. And they asked him, and he said, nah, he had other things to do. Like, put out... Songs like Valerie. What a twit. Go ahead. Uh, but also another another album that was extremely important, and it came out in 82, but really hit big in the next one. Thriller by Michael Jackson. Yep. Um, well, but I would say unquestionably his biggest album ever. No, uh, no. no. <laughs> Off the wall. I'm kidding, Mike, obviously. <laughs> Jesus. What? The, the, there's nothing more to be said about Thriller. Right. What can you say any, anything else about Thriller? It's like, oh, wow, if you open up the cover, he's sitting there with a little tiger cub. Yeah. <laughs> That's strangely, strangely prophetic about him. <laughs> Why, you think he slept with tigers? No, but a tiger cub. Oh, I should mention also another um, album that uh, we're, we're kind of mentioning because uh, Mike C. could not be here tonight. Oh, yes. Nah, 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 nah. Asia. By Asia. <laughs> Disco hotspots hold no charm for you You can't concern yourself with bigger things You catch a poem like the dragon's wings Cause it's the heat of the moment The heat of the moment The heat of the moment Showed in your eyes
ahead, Jim. Mike and I saw story. Mike and I saw Asia at a bookstore. <laughs> I mean, you know, you go to a concert and you see, the, like, the band gets announced and, like, these lasers and shit. All you heard from this was they came out from the cooking aisle <laughs> and you heard somebody was, like, pricing books and you heard the pricing gun. <laughs> and it was just, it, all it was was some new lead singer who had moccasin boots <laughs> and it was the wizened old keyboardist who decided, oh, I have nothing else to do with my life. But it's, what a good album. Yeah, I mean... So toe-tapping. Heat of the Moment and Only Time Will Tell are really good songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember you and I waited up until midnight for the career of Don't Cry. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And we looked at each other and said, that was (laughs) mind-blowing. I saw the video a couple weeks ago. Not so mind-blowing. We were wrong (laughs) that evening. Hard to believe that two 11-year-old kids could be wrong about anything, right? Those are some some hours you will never get back. No. Um, Is that all you got? That's all I got. Oh, well, I was well, well. You really had four because I'm not. Counting, I, also, I, also, I am not counting Steve Winwood. I'm just not doing it. I also kind of want to mention the two like big one-hit wonders from that year. Yeah, Texas Midnight Runner and Flock of Seagulls. Seagulls were not a one-hit wonder. They were not actually yeah. close to Dexy Midnight Runners. Okay, yeah. Well, Dexy yeah. Midnight Runners were huge in in English. Time it would take another year for them to get big in America. So while the album was released, then I agree, it looked like the hobos had united and started to riot in Belfast, or wherever the hell they were. They all oh had my just god! Have you artists. seen that dude lately? No. It's like he went. He stole. Um, Lenny from Laverne and Shirley's satin <laughs> lone wolf jacket, and he wears a sailor hat and a little thin mustache. I mean, I don't have. I mean, but man, he got an attack of the gays, big time, <laughs> big time. But I mean, he's like, oh yes. It was very hard for me to have to kiss that woman. I washed my mouth out with scope afterwards. Ugh. But flock of seagulls, they're not. A, they, they had like four not, good songs. They, they had two good, off of that album. They had. Um, they had, and I ran, yeah. and I ran, and then um, Space Age Love Song. Was no, Space other. Age Love Song was off the other album. It's off the second album. What was on this one? Pictures then? of you. Na, 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 oh, wishing, wishing, wishing All right. you. Mm. Well, I can I see into that because that's one of my albums. Okay, go right on ahead. Nineteen eighty is a flock of seagulls, and you know what? It's not that it's a, a particularly great album. I have the greatest hits. I mean, they had a like a. 12-year-old guitarist who went insane because they said, hey, look at this white pottery stuff. You put your nose on it. <laughs> um, but it's a cool bit. All, it, to me, is it just, it's really, just, to me, the 80s, you look personified. at, they just personified. You look at a poster of them, you're like, oh my God, they, to me, are the cultural linchpin of the 80s. Not that they were a huge band, but in terms of fashion in a specific look, yeah. they were... Yeah. The packaged 80 band, 80s band. They were the very first band I ever saw live. 
Because they opened for the police. The Fix were the second band I ever saw live. So wait a minute, let me get this straight. It was a Many Superville. great bands that have, have went through Schaefer Stadium at the time. The Stones, Aerosmith, Guns N' Roses, and the fucking flock of seagulls yep. were there. Wow. Okay. No, but I, 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 the only reason, like I said, I put that, that I put that album there because I really think they really were a cultural linchpin, and I think that every so much built off of that look. Yeah, it, yeah. Not in a good way. They're a caricature. Yeah. No, absolutely. I also do think though Paul Reynolds, highly underrated guitar player. For that he band. was really good. He was excellent for you know. No, they had, like they had years awesome licks. Like a Space Age love song is a great. Oh song. yeah, great guitar licking that. Okay, moving on. All um, right. I, I talk about this album with a little bit of sadness because um, it's one of my favorite bands, uh, The Clash, Combat Rock, because it was their last really good album. Because after that, they put out Cut the Crap, which is <laughs> so bad. But th- this album has, it has obviously Rock the Casbah. Yep. Mm. I believe it has, jeez, I should know this. No, Train and Vane is not on. No, so Train and Vane is calling. on London Calling. I almost want to say Radio Clash. This is a radio clash. It's a it's a good album. Yeah, yeah. It's got some good stuff on it. Um, but I, I'm only mentioning it because it was their last really good album, and they never really put out anything worth mentioning again. Um, I put up pictures of Ele- pictures at eleven, which is Robert Plant's debut album, um, uh, solo project. Because most people thought that once John Bonham died, uh, drank seventeen <laughs> fifths of vodka, and choked on his own vomit, that you'd never hear from them again. And he decided he would put out a Solo album, it's terrible. But <laughs> I, uh, I didn't want to mention it because you know, for me, it's Led Zeppelin. It's Led Zeppelin, and Led I've been Zeppelin kicked out of my own car for not being able to identify Led Zeppelin songs. Yes, so. and, and that will continue until you bone up. <laughs> uh, I also want to talk about two albums that are very, very similar in the same genre. They're both part of the new wave of heavy metal, of British heavy metal, and that is um, I'll start with Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast. Yep, that is a very important album. Because that is the first appearance of Bruce Dickinson. Uh, originally, they had had another good, uh, singer named Paul Diano. Apparently, like pretty much everybody else that we've talked about, enjoyed the cocaina a little <laughs> too much. So, they, and he couldn't sing, and they wanted a they wanted more of a bombastic lead singer. So right. They, they got Bruce Dickinson. But again, I you know it, that new wave of he- heavy metal that has spurred. I mean, Andy's sitting there going, "Oh my." God, icky. Um, but it spurned on so much in terms of artwork and in, in, in the imagery of what heavy metal is today. And it's, yeah. it's it's got every song on it is just a freaking classic. That's got one of the hills on it. It's got one of the hills. Yeah, great song. It's got the song Number of the Beast, obviously. It's got Invaders. I mean, it's just it's such a tremendous And album. Bruce Dickinson is the uh, inspiration for Nigel Tufnell in uh, Spinal Tap. Of course he is. <laughs> But I mean, he can. There's just the, the the guitar work is brilliant. The artwork is brilliant. It's just it's. I, I like Iron Maiden, obviously. So, and then you got Screaming for Vengeance by Judas Priest, which again, the, one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen is because heavy metal is such a butch macho thing. And finally, a couple of years ago, the VH1 Classic put out an uh, unbelievably good heavy metal a documentary. It's just called Heavy, and if you can see it. Absolutely, watch it. It's worth your time. But Rob Halford finally came out and said, "Yep, all these butch guys who were walking around in spikes, and assless pants. Yeah, that was me going to all the gay shops in London and, and buying stuff. And one day, I just had nothing else to wear, so I put it on, and it just started a craze that to this day is huge. Yeah, I just remember. I remember watching. Uh, I think it was another documentary on um, heavy metal on VH1, and Lita Ford." 
<laughs> you know, I'll, I'll try to decipher through the cigarette smoke and uh, <laughs> and just terribly tanned skin that... Yeah, Rob Halford was gay. He's prancing around in his leather and his spite. Who knew? Yeah, <laughs> How who did knew? we not see this coming? Oh, yeah, no kidding. Why is he always behind the guitarists? <laughs> <laughs> he never is in front of them. He's behind them. But it's a brilliant album. Uh, you got another, their biggest hit ever. Oh, you got yeah. another thing coming is on that Great album. Great licks on that album. Oh, it's, it's, it's a tremendous album. And keeping with the Led Zeppelin theme, an album that Led Zeppelin fans want to just honk in the toilet bowl. Every it's Coda, and it's all the all the crap from the other <laughs> albums that didn't make it for a reason. Songs like Zeppelin classics like "Poor Tom" <laughs> in in driving and crying, not driving and crying. Um, I forget what the name of the song. It's horrible. It's just awful. Um. <laughs> So I had to mention that, and of course there is probably one of my top three favorite bands of all time, Diver Down came out that year, and Van Halen said, hey guys, we've lost our creative juices, fuck it, let's just put on an album mainly of covers. You like Pretty Woman? Well, tough shit, because you're getting it. <laughs> but it's a good album, they do a good job on all of them. That's what I got. Alright, all right. cool. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Lots of albums here. And obviously there could have been a lot more we could have talked about, but you know, we are on time constraints and whatnot. Yes. So anyway, let's move on to uh, some segments here. Uh, we're going to start off with... Stupid! Stupid! Uh, kind of dovetailing into what we, we talked about last time with um, apparently now the lie that the reason why uh, G.I. Joe 2, the apology, is getting pushed to March is because they wanted to enhance the 3D effects yeah. or convert it to 3D. Nope, they finally came out with the real reason why they want to do it. They need to shoot more scenes like Channing Tatum. Which makes Andy... Gleeful oh like God. a little girl. He doesn't know it. I bought him that album, that, that movie with oh, Rachel You bought McAdams. me The Vow? Oh, I did. I bought you, it for him. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. You know, he stars in two movies that hit $100 million, and all of a sudden, hey, remember how terrible he was in the first G.I. Joe movie? Remember how we killed him off in the beginning of this one? Let's bring him back to life. Exactly. You know, he's kind of funny. Mostly dead. They make him a zombie. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yo, Joe. <laughs> then have the Rock just you know take him out and then you know make some great quip. <laughs> Andy's been barking. This is the Rock's movie. Not anymore. Nope. 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 Which kind of sucks because I think if it was left to the Rock, it would have been awesome. Mm. I think wrestlers all would make outstanding actors. I think Big John Studd would have been a really good actor, <laughs> don't you? The Rock is a rarity. He truly is. Yeah. So anyway, let's move on to our trailer park, where we're going to be talking about the uh, Disney film, the upcoming Disney film, Wreck-It Ralph. My name's Wreck-It Ralph. For 30 years I've been doing this. Ah. It starts to feel hard to love your job. I can fix it. When no one else seems to like you for doing it. Be nice being the good guy. 
Nice share, Ralph. As fellow bad guys, we've all felt what you're feeling. I'm Zangief, I'm bad guy. Hi, Zangief. Ralph, you are bad guy. But this does not mean you're bad guy. Zombie, bad guy. Hi, zombie. Hi, zombie. Zangief saying, labels not make you happy. Good, bad. You must love you. I don't want to be the bad guy anymore. Ralph abandoned his game. Where's the wrecking guy? Welcome to Game Central Station. Trains for all game destinations now boarding. Everything changes now. Where's Ralph? Stand by, my Cubertese is a little rusty. Ralph's gone to hero's duty? Uh, it's all about classic video games, kids. I don't yeah. think Chris will like it. Cubert has lines in this movie. Uh, Cubert. <laughs> you think Burgertine's in this? I hope so. Oh, I don't oh know. Oh, my God. Well, we won't know because Ian stole it from you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't know. However, if the Wizard of War is in it, then I will pay for 3D. <laughs> <laughs> the Wizard of War. Remember Wizard of War? I remember this one. W O R. Yeah. I, you know, what, you know, what it reminds me of that stupid video game Joust. They're on like <laughs> fly, just thinking about flying that. ostriches. <laughs> that was awful. Yep, that's right. Now you get it for the Atari twenty six hundred kids. It looks even shittier here. <laughs> you didn't think Thank it was you. possible, but hey, Atari comes through again. <laughs> Beg your parents for it. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some uh, shills. Jim, what do you want to talk about? I would like to talk about... Um, I have brought up Skyrim before. I know, I think Michael here has yeah. also brought up Skyrim. It is an amazing, amazing game in terms of gameplay, in terms of... It, it's like the richest graphics I've ever oh, yeah. seen. You, it's just so immersive. Well, like all games of this genre, they are coming out with their downloadable content in Q3 sometime. They're just working out the bugs, but I saw a trailer, and I'm actually, I think Andy agreed he would put the trailer I'm gonna up. I'm going to put it up on me. the website, keysalad.podbean.com. Right, podbean.com. And it looks just amazing. The graphics are so good. It's a, it, I guess it's vampire-themed, but they've added on and actually made a great video game better. I don't know how they did it, but God bless the people at Bethesda, because this is going to be... And apparently this is just going to be the first in a series. And you know, instead of coming out with a new game every two years, it's just going to keep on adding on downloadable content. You know, every year, year and a half. Now, is that going to cost you anything? Or is that just... Oh, no, it's 20 bucks. Oh. But it adds like 20 hours of game Yeah, okay, play. so it's money well spent then. The game has so much replayability, you I, you, you can't finish it. I'll never, I don't have enough time. I will never finish the game completely. I don't, I don't know if they can come up with another one anytime soon anyway because they're actually coming out with an MMORPG. I did hear about that but they're going to they're going to continue on. Yeah. It's going to take place on a different... Yeah, Elder Scrolls... It's going to take place like before... It's going to take place before Arena, the original Elder yes. Scrolls game. But yes, I, I, I highly... If you go on YouTube, just put in uh, Skyrim Dawnguard right. and it will come up. It looks yeah. phenomenal. Cool. Mike, what do you got? Well... I've uh, I bought a DVD from uh, BBC America and it was quite enjoyable. So I went and downloaded the second series from uh, BBC directly. It's a show called uh, James May's Man Lab. Okay. Uh, James May is one of the uh, hosts of Top Gear, another one of my favorite uh, BBC shows. But this one, he's basically just kind of like taking 
uh, tasks that he feel that he feels that men have kind of like gotten away from, like learning how to use a map. Yeah, and you know, and he's actually kind of using his own kind of quirky ways in, in figuring out you in re, kind of revitalizing these things. He they build a uh, they build themselves a pool table. Um, he they you know the using maps he learns he revitalizes that by kind of trying to escape from a prison. <laughs> cool. It's it's very it's very fun. I highly I um recommend. I think you have to download it because I don't think it's on BBC America. All right, but it's a very good show. That's pretty cool. And lastly, I want to shill uh, part of my inspiration for doing this show. He sounded really enthusiastic about that, didn't he? <laughs> oh yeah, that's cool. But it's British, so you'd think Andy'd be like pissing <laughs> his shorts over it. Um, my the inspiration for this show really came from a YouTube series uh, that came out back in '05 called Yacht Rock. <laughs> Which is all about the um, the continuing adventures of Michael McDonald, <laughs> Kenny Loggins, uh, the guys from Toto, um, the guys from Steely Dan, the jocks from Eagle, the Eagles, and Hall and Oates and Christopher Cross as they just try to keep rocking smooth. Wait a minute, Chris Hall and Oates aren't yacht rock, are they? Oh, well, those stuff they were playing was, and it turns out that you know John Oates is a complete douchebag and. He bosses Daryl Hall around. Take your dick out of your heart, Daryl. Stop singing songs about Sarah's smile. Um, Christopher Cross was never a rocker smooth. <laughs> he wrote the smoothest song ever, Sailing. Just keep playing that. I heard that song in a dream, and the man yeah. who sang it was a man named Christopher Cross. You shall take that name. Yeah, you know who else took it to heart? The bassist for Loverboy. He went sailing. He fucking died sailing. Fuck you, Christopher. Um, but there's this great bit where uh, Michael Jackson is threatening to... Uh, Destroy smooth rock and music because he's coming out with an album with Eddie Van Halen that's going to give him so many female sexual conquests. <laughs> <laughs> so they finally uh, managed, they finally managed to convince him the error of his ways, and they start singing Human Nature. And all of a sudden, like the leather jacket is gone, he's got like the orange, the yellow sweater, <laughs> the shirt. Does the pina colada guy on that? Uh, no, he is not on there. However, uh, Jimmy Buffett shows up. And all of his fans are just like mindless zombies. Mm, of course. <laughs> it's great. Uh, just go to YouTube, uh, type in Yacht Rock. There are 12 episodes, all lasting about five, six minutes. Fantastic stuff. Nice. Well, good conversation, guys. Yeah. This, this was a fun one. Jim, thank you so much. I wanted you here for the music here. I had to be. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, next episode, we're up to episode 69. Uh, it's just funny. It's just funny because it's sexual innuendo. 69 uh-huh. So we're going to be talking all about stand-up comedy. We want to know what your favorite uh, stand-up comedians are, some of your favorite bits. Um, extra points, too, if when we put this to Facebook, you can post a video for us. You post the video, the audio gets played. Yeah. I think it's a fair deal. That yeah, sounds good. So yeah. you can get to us at our Facebook page, Geek Salad. You can also check us out at Twitter, at Geek Salad Radio. Email us at geeksalad at yahoo.com and obviously check out the archive either on the iTunes store, the Stitcher app, or going directly to our website, geeksalad.podbean.com. So until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later.
Now, in the unlikely event that this plan should fail, I will turn to you, my brothers in Toto, to help me write a song so smooth and awesome the Roseanne Arquette will have no choice but to fuck my brains out. You got him, brother. Go, go, go Toto, go!